0: Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm joined by Layla Martin, the headmistress of Tantra and Pleasure. And we're talking sex, relationships, and everything in between, including reconnecting with your body when you're sexually and emotionally disconnected, why women should stop staring at the orgasm clock, alternative practices to enhance sexual sensation, and how to bring up your turn-ons to a new partner right away. Hey, life's too short for bad sex. All this and more. Thanks for listening. I want to share an email I got from a listener. Dear Emily, thank you for introducing me to The Intensity. After having my baby, I gave it a try to help with a few issues I was experiencing down there. Although I've only been using it for a few months now, there's a wow factor improvement. It fixed the accidental peeing thing, but I swear my sex drive has never been higher. My husband thinks I'm a different person. Thank you and please thank the people at Intensity for me. Renee, 37, Ohio. I hear this all the time because the intensity just works. It uses gentle electrostimulation to deliver an extremely effective Kegel workout. Because it's also a vibrator, this product brings you to orgasm while you're using it, and it increases the strength, frequency, and you guessed it, intensity of all your orgasms after regular use. Like Renee, I've been using mine for over a year now, and the results have been life-changing. To experience it for yourself, click on the intensity banner on my website or visit pormwa.com slash emily. That's p o u r m o i dot com slash Emily. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions.
1: Bedroom eyes, they call them.
0: You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com, where you can check out so many things: our podcast and of our mailing list. We love when you subscribe, and I love hearing from you on social media. It's all at Sex with Emily across the board: Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter. Also, you guys, we do update the website every day. We've got blogs, we've got videos, everything else you want to know about Sex with Emily. Helena, who works with us, wrote six tricks to treating yourself when you have kids. So I know when you give birth and your mind-body connection is all off, it's just challenging. So she gives some great tips, easy tips. You can take your life back, at least some of your time back when you are a mom. So check that out on the website. So I'm going to jump into my guest here. I'm really excited to have Layla Martin on the show. Welcome, Layla. Layla is, she brings a lot of wisdom to the topic of of sex and sexuality, and, you know, she's got a way of speaking about um, sex that's really authentic and real, and she teaches courses. She started studying sexuality at Stanford University, and then she went to, like, the jungles of Asia and spent years studying Tantra, working with a lot of masters and gurus. And she's done a lot of healing around her own trauma, which we're going to get into. And she has great programs. It helps couples, individuals kind of deepen their sexual power and their capacity. And if you've heard about the Jade Egg, the infamous Jade Egg that's been around for a long time, but you've actually kind of brought it to um, made a more mainstream, like would like to say, bring it to... To the states or to the world but it really was something that's from how many
1: thousands of years
0: ago definitely
1: yeah it first gets talked about um two thousand years ago roughly yeah. okay. um in china and then yeah it's just blown up in the last like two years especially in the United States. So that's exciting so if I'm just
0: saying if that's if you need a reference you might have heard of through the uh, the JDAG we'll get into that but welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Great to have you here. We met a few months ago at a party randomly and I was like oh wait there's a note in my phone that I should talk to you and now
1: here we are. So I love it. (laughs) Absolutely. And
0: so I'd love to hear about your experience like if you could just start out how you got into this your story and um, I want to hear about the jungles in Asia and all that stuff. So let's start with that so people can kind of Understand your background. There's a lot to unpack today. I'm excited.
1: So yeah, I mean, I guess it started um, being sexually abused as a kid, and so I had such a broken relationship to sexuality. Um, I the first time I ever had an actual boyfriend, and we tried to like hook up, I literally went into a state of shock and. Couldn't speak and couldn't even move. Like I froze and I, I didn't even know what was going on. And I remember he just dropped me off at my house because he was like, I don't know what to do with you. And I was literally just like shaking right, and like I just a lay a in my response art. Like a exactly. No, Exactly. How old were you then? Uh, I like, was 15 when that happened. Okay. Wow. And I didn't know what a trauma response was. Wait, so God. I just thought I was super messed up.
0: Oh my God. So what did you do after that? So... Well, you're 15, and your first experience was like, so this is sex, I'm having this horrible reaction.
1: Yeah. And feeling sick and just gross in my body. Um, That was my those were my early sexual experiences. So then I was like, okay, I'll just drink and, you know, take drugs. (laughs) So because I definitely don't want to feel what that was ever again. Um, So it was like another seven years. um, And what kind of actually tipped off my healing was that I finally had a boyfriend who was like, I want to connect with you during sex. Like, I want to look in your eyes like I love you and I want to feel you and I got so sick that I actually threw up because it was just so traumatic and so gross like the feelings were so intense inside of my body Uh, so I was like all right I think I gotta go you know work this out so that's when I first started seeing uh, my first basically sexual healers and sex therapists and things like that and that sort of started the journey of sexual healing And I also I think just always had a sense that people were disconnected from their bodies and that it was affecting their whole lives. And I didn't have like a eureka moment. I just grew up in the suburbs of Colorado. And I I was was going to ask where you grew up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I grew up in like the Columbine area in Littleton, Colorado. And I was like, you know, people just they they don't seem happy. They seem repressed. They seem there's not a lot of honesty going on. Not a lot of authenticity. Like I want to figure out how to shift this in myself. Mm -hmm. And then shift it in people. I kind of always had this sense that like we're only scratching the surface of what's possible for humans. And so I started studying and focusing on sexuality at university. And I really felt that that was a huge key. That because people were so repressed and so disconnected from their sexuality, Mm -hmm. it was also resulting in that kind of. Hollowness and lack of authenticity in all areas of their life. Right, right. And I think that that was really wise that you had that insight.
0: I think a lot of people are just coming to that now, that even understanding the word like disconnected and spirituality and breathing, I think it's a really good time to be talking about this because maybe even back, you know, even 10 years ago, maybe when you start, like people still weren't at that place now. And I think right now, I don't know. I just feel like there's a consciousness around this, so you had this abuse and trauma when you were young. How old were you? Starting when I was like two or three right okay. and then when when you had your first sexual experience and you were fifteen in this trauma response, had you already been
1: aware that you did you remember
0: the trauma or you were kind of had repressed it or
1: at that point? I didn't. i right. and I I was so like I used to pray to God every single day cuz I was raised Catholic that I would never become a woman and I would like always I couldn't even like take a bath or shower naked. I would put on a swimsuit because oh. I didn't want to look at my own body. Oh. I couldn't go into like a Victoria's Secret store. I was too freaked out by anything around that and it wasn't like I wasn't having conscious memories. I just didn't go there. You just there. knew
0: what right. Okay. And so then I'm sort so the first thing you did was you went into probably talk traditional talk therapy which a lot of us do, which I think can be a really important place for a lot of people to go and to start. And a lot of people do a lot of healing in talk therapy. But I think with... So was there something... Did that help you at all? Or was it kind of like
1: just your opening gateway? Or was it kind of like, eh... Well, two things. The first was, yes, I think having a conversation is the first step, and for some people that's such a big opening, but it really is just the start of the deepest healing. And I was lucky. I mean, I lived in the Bay Area, so oh, I yes. did get sent to like a somatic therapist. Okay. And I remember going in and like I freaked out. I like wasn't going to pay her. I was acting all weird because it was the first person I ever worked with that wanted me to like go inside my body. Ah. And I just started acting literally like nuts. Like I was like I didn't like literally wasn't going to pay her, and right. I'm not like that usually. Right. It was like my body was going, wow. just freaking out because of it. And she asked me, she was like, what do you feel? Because I would just talk and talk and talk. And I was like, what are you talking, I don't feel anything. Like She was like, what do you feel in your stomach right now? And I just remember that being yeah. such a crazy concept.
0: So it's so interesting when you talk about this numbing. So what you're talking about is having like no sense of a feeling when a therapist asks you where you feel things. And it's funny because I I have talked about this before on the show that that was my first and I didn't have sexual trauma, but I had just trauma like abuse, abusive, stepdad, divorce, which is so common. I think people think of trauma as being this, you know, there's like trauma with a big T trauma with a little T, but the result for whatever the trauma is, is that we kind of shut down because we're in survival mode. And so it's interesting. I've never heard anyone else say it in that exact way where I did go to therapy in the Bay Area. And she was like, where do you feel? whatever. I remember feeling at 25, I was like, I actually only feel anxiety. They're like, do you feel happy? Where do you feel happiness? And I'm like, just anxiety. That's it. That's about all. I was like, That's not really a feeling. And I remember the first time someone asked me like, do you feel it in your stomach, your heart? It was bizarre. And now I'm realizing the more I talk about that, that actually is more common people but they don't actually go off and figure out why and that took me a long time too to figure out like uh, what what do you mean so i just go and talk therapy for years like put could put a down payment on a house now so i think the work you're doing you know i'm saying think about like if i could get that money back not that it wasn't helpful you guys i know i think but it's just there's other work to do there's a lot of different which is so amazing there's so many modalities um and you just can kind of find what what works for you but a lot of it is about connecting to your body we are disconnected especially now even if you didn't have trauma we are more connected to our phones you know i just got a dog sometimes i think okay where's my phone oh wait the dog's still inside but i'm looking for my phone the disconnect so you went to the therapy you're like i don't know where i feel somatic therapy then what happened
1: Well, then I went for about a year and I didn't feel anything and it was frustrating and then something sort of cracked inside and I remember just feeling awful all the time and I think sometimes people don't really talk about this enough in that first stage of learning to feel because I had felt so powerful. I'd like started traveling the world when I was 15. I felt invincible and like it was literally because I was living for my head and I started feeling my body and I was like, oh, (laughs) Like there's some gnarly feels in here. Like I feel insecure and I feel awful and I'm starting to have memories of my dad and like everything was coming out and I don't know what gave me the sense that it was important to keep going because that I think is really important. You can have this first kind of opening of the Pandora's box. And I had a sense that I, you know, as whatever it was that I had to go through, I wasn't going to be satisfied living in my head for the rest of my life. And that if I wanted real meaning and real magic and like the kind of life that I was born to live, it really was through my body. And I'm so grateful that I had that knowing somehow mm-hmm. because it really was like another four years of hell. And I remember a woman who had been sexually abused at the time that was kind of mentoring me by her father and she was like, look, it took me ten years, you know, and I I'm type A. So I was right. like, I'm gonna knock this shit out of the park <laughs> right. in like oh, I don't right. maybe a month, you know, right. I'm just gonna go to therapy and it's gonna be done and I'm gonna have it solved. And I remember, you know, it was four it was ten hard years, but it was four excruciating mm. years wow. to really go in there and feel it right so I feel like when you're going through that kind of despair four years of
0: just like ugh, what was your mental condition like? like were you able to function were you able to have
1: a job or work or school I did go to school. Um, I was functional, reasonably functional. And I also had a sense of rage. And I definitely carried a chip on my shoulder about the fact that there was no understanding about this in society. Like when I really woke up to the fact of how much pain I was in and how messed up I felt inside of my body. And I was like, wait a minute, like one in three, one in four of us have been through this. And there's not like a safe house on every corner in every (laughs) street to go to. Yeah, exactly. And like, no one understands. You know, you don't tell your employee like, oh, I realized, you know, that I was sexually abused yeah. and my life has turned into like a hellish shit show. Is there any kind of social support? I tried to talk in university and I remember it got real weird, real fast. And people were like really concerned about me. And it just, there was no healthy way to talk about it right. in society and talk about the healing process. And I remember something very specific because I was doing as many healing tools as I could. So I smelled and I remember just getting reprimanded at work because I was a cocktail waitress at this fancy place for smelling so bad and I remember just like crying in the bathroom and being like I'm just trying to purge my trauma like I can't control the way my body smells when I'm trying to heal you know right I mean did you have support that you had friends boyfriends things like that I was pretty lucky I mean I have always been you know I've always had that alternative to So, me and my friend did get a house in Berkeley when, you know, she was 19, I was 21, and we like converted it into like a hippie backyard thing. And my boyfriend was pretty cool and all of that. So, I did have that was lucky and supportive that I had people around me who were willing to support me in that process. And it took such a toll on every single one of them because I would lash out, I would get triggered, I would go into trauma spirals. And I, I A, didn't fully understand what was happening to me and B, felt like I couldn't control it at that time and it was so hard to feel like I was hurting the people around me that I loved. Right. Okay, so you went to the somatic therapy that's when all this came out
0: and then Asia. You went to Asia to kind of, is that where you started studying a lot of this?
1: You studied tantra, breath. I actually went to Asia first. So I went to Asia, well, I went to Asia for the first time when I was 15 and then I went back when I was 18 for two years and that was all before the kind of um, first boyfriend and coming mm. out of the trauma okay. so I already kind of knew about yoga and meditation I'd done my first Vipassana and then I went back to university and that's when the the whole trauma kind of crack really happened and then I went back to Asia again and spent almost seven years there um, and then that's when I did really extensive sort of healing you know all everything I tried <laughs> it did all. everything and you were living there
0: straight okay so let's talk about first of all it seems like you started with Tantra so so what about like your modern take on Tantra because I always felt like Tantra was just very challenging. Like, I love the idea of it. I want to be connected. I want to have great sex, but it just seemed like another thing that I, you know, I've tried a lot of different things. How am I going to do it? You know, and I get it now, but talk about your version of it
1: or how you teach it. Well, classical Tantra is a spiritual path, but one of the cool things about it is it is a spiritual path and one of the only spiritual paths that says, look, everyone's on a spiritual path. And if you want to enjoy your life to the absolute maximum, that is completely valid. So there's a lot of practices in the Tantric tradition that are there, yes, to awaken you to your deepest truth, but they're also there so you can have the best possible time. And it's amazing how many important spaces we have in our lives that we have very few tools. Like if you wanna have better sex, like besides sort of rocking down to the sex shop or you know trying on some fantasy clothes or whatever, we don't have a lot of inner tools to create better sex. And in the tantric tradition, some of it classical, some of it new, kind of reiterations of Tantra there are so many amazing tools that unlock really profound orgasmic states like really epic states of bliss and flow and just literally like it's pure magic inside of the body and tools for relationships as well like I feel like it's cruel to tell people that you should spend your life with someone and be happy and set them off and not tell them how to do it yeah you have to take like a my driver's test was like more challenging than like getting into a relationship you know what I
0: mean like people can get married but like they make you go to the I failed my first driver I probably should have I shouldn't still probably shouldn't be driving sometimes I think but you're right there's no tools that's why I think that you know we get hundreds of questions about these things why you have a job for example like let's talk about having more conscious sex right so one of the top questions we get asked and you probably hear this as well Cosmo magazine Why can't I have an orgasm? Like, women just for men, it's easy. Women, we just can't. And I think a lot of it, I spent a lot of time talking about how to do it, how to get in the right mindset, you know, tips and tricks. And it's like, it just talking about the fact that why is it so freaking hard for women? Like, you just, it seems really unfair. And that women give up and there's just, it's never gonna happen for me.
1: And I, I, you know, it is possible for everyone to have an orgasm. So, neurologically, in women's brains, their judgment of whether something is socially acceptable or not is much more strongly wired to their sexuality. So for men, it does not exist to the same degree. And what I see in women working with orgasm is once they've answered, like, how do I need to be touched? Am I masturbating? You know, maybe I'm just super young and I haven't figured out what I want in my body yet. Once they've gotten past that stage and they're still not having an orgasm, in my experience, it is always psychological so there's always some very very deep part and women don't feel it as psychological all they feel is I don't feel nothing or I don't know how to get there right right and why I gotta get out of my
0: head how do I get out of my head you know what I'm I'm trying to tell. them, trying to work with them. So do you find that? And you've helped women break through this, through your courses, through your Absolutely. Coaching?
1: We're not 100% success rate, but we are very, very successful at women having their first orgasms and experiencing, you know, one of the problems as well is some women are wired to have more oceanic kind of orgasms. And so they're looking for like an explosive, fiery type orgasm. But when I really start talking to them and they're doing the work, they're like, wow, I get these like ecstatic states that are just like Rolling and rolling through my body, but I don't feel what I've heard this other woman has right, felt. Exactly, because they're like watching porn, or it's how, or it's a
0: clitoral orgasm, which is great. But you're talking about the full body orgasm, which seemed like a lot of work i mean that didn't happen to you for the first year you were studying it right like you didn't have that
1: no but what's interesting is some women naturally have that and they don't have like the clitoral yeah, like explosive orgasms women, that other women have those were like all my friends apparently yeah.
0: i seem like i didn't have an orgasm i didn't masturbate no one ever told me about it It never occurred to me and then my friends were like you never an or I'm, like, well, sex sucks you guys i was like 20 it's like sex sucks what i don't get what's up I like connecting to my boyfriend, but what's the big deal? And it's like some, they have amazing
1: orgasms all the time. Some women do, some women don't. we can teach them. Absolutely. Everyone has the biological wiring to be able to have an orgasm. And I think what's so empowering about understanding this and even some of the most recent science, like they have studied women who are showing all physiological signs of being turned on. Like they're wet. They have blood flow into their pussies. Everything is happening down there. And they're saying, I don't feel anything. Don't feel anything. And when they give them brain scans, the part of their brain that's judging social appropriateness is literally cutting off their perception of pleasure. That's a real thing that happens and it's not necessarily like you don't consciously know that it's happening and the reason this is so important is because instead of women understanding my body isn't yet feeling safe enough to have an orgasm my body doesn't yet feel i can survive a surrendered state of orgasm they think i'm broken right there's something wrong with me
0: and they're not right and so in that moment to give an example and like regular your pop this is what a woman could be thinking like i what if I make too much noise right now? Or um, does he really like me? Do I feel safe? Is my my phone ringing? I wonder who that is. If someone walks in the door, what's gonna We're scanning the environment, the to-do list. I don't have time for an orgasm, it won't happen. These are
1: the kind of things and that's the part of the brain that's that's lit up when they look at these Exactly. That's studies. the exact part of the brain that doesn't necessarily want you to have an orgasm. That part of your brain does not care if you're having a Figures. good time. Right. It's Our- the deep primal part and for that part to let loose takes a tremendous amount of surrender. Like literally, you stop gauging danger in your environment like all of us who have ever had that kind of real like intense like orgasmic release that goes on you seriously lose a sense of what's going on around you you're screaming you're going wild it's hot everyone craves that experience but the way that we get conditioned around sexuality to be pretty and beautiful and have like makeup in place and have like your breasts at like the right angle or whatever I mean all of that's bs and yet that really feeds into women not being able to get themselves into this kind of wild state that's required. For the orgasms that so many women crave, right? So friggin' true. Uh,
0: I just keep thinking about young women too, because I have like nieces now, like the age. Like I just, I'm like, oh, it's so not about that. I want you to understand your bodies. I mean, I just love like all of this work. I just think after all these years of women being so confused about their their sexuality and orgasm, and and you see that it never stops. The questions you really get, questions come in. How do I? And it's the same thing. Is I'm like, there's got to be you know a way, and it really is that we have this. This huge disconnect from our bodies, and that it's a practice. I mean, it's like the most important work we can do because it's not even talking to women. it's not even just about orgasm. It's about like tapping into your your power, your energy, like where so much is stored. So I feel like for someone they're like, but our orgasm's really worth it. Like, first of all, would you have these kind of orgasms? you're like, oh, yeah, I'm glad I did the work. But there's so many other benefits as well, like to to understanding your body to taking that time. Like it's another thing I'm asking, like women to, like, Really know your body, but like, what else is is more important? Because once you unleash this and you unleash this, and you get in touch with your body, you just realize like your focus, your attention, picking the right partners. You know, it's just you're gonna know yourself better, and not
1: stop having like bad sex. You're gonna know yourself better. You're not gonna be dependent on a partner to feel amazing inside of your body. And on top of that, when you know that you have this capacity to have exceptional, brilliant, beautiful sex, what I see over and over again in women is it's deeply connected to them being able to love their bodies. I've seen over and over again that women are like, I hate. Hate my body, hate my stomach, nothing can be done about it. I've had this for years. And I'm like, well, let's get you into an ecstatic state where you are completely just like blown open with your own bliss. And they're like, oh, my God, I love my body. Like they're very, very intimately connected. So are things like worthiness. So women who struggle over and over again, like I just don't feel worthy. I don't feel good inside myself. It's like being in that kind of wild, ecstatic, orgasmic state literally makes them feel worthy. And the thing that I think is really important to talk about, because you're talking touching on this, like an orgasmic state is more than just an orgasm. It's literally being able to go into a place of, Flow, surrender, bliss, where you feel something greater than yourself. It's so natural for women to do that in orgasm. And what we forget is it's been like all of society for the last few thousand years has told us that that's dangerous, that's wrong, that's scary. Like it's the biggest boogeyman. Like, oh, if you were to enter that ecstatic state of orgasm, like you'd get pregnant, you'd go crazy, you wouldn't be able to get a job. Like women carry all these fears. You'll get an STD. There's something, you'll, you'll then be the crazy town slut, and like no one will be able to stop you because you'll just want to have sex with everyone. And none of that's true. It's the biggest con I think that was ever pulled on women. I think because we all carry this. And yet it's the exact opposite. When you really get in touch with your orgasmic bliss, this deep sexual power within you, literally this wild capacity within you, you become sane integrated able to create a life that you desire empowered and worthy and confident and you're not worried about any of the things you used to worry about like like my
0: breasts are having sex do you think he's gonna notice that my left breast is bigger than my right my right breast do you think he noticed that i like gain weight do you think he thinks I'm, i mean whatever it is that goes through your head that just won't come to mind anymore once totally. you're empowered and you're in your body because think about anything else that you master and that's the other thing it's like anything that you become good at, right? Anything that you, a skill that you want to achieve, you know, it takes hours, right? Like 10,000 hours to become an expert and think of things in your life that you really value and that you're really good at, it probably didn't come easy to you. And the same thing with sex, but yet again, just like we say, getting married or being in a relationship, there's no training. There's like, here you go, be in a relationship, you know, here you go, have sex. It's like, what if you put that much time into sex and orgasm? Like all the, a lot of other, you know, problems will be solved. So, um, speaking of sex and orgasms and dating, so I have a question for you. So, well, first of all, I know you're in a relationship now, but do you feel like you walk around now in this? I mean, right now, are you like, or- like driving here in traffic? You can still be like, it's hot. There's traffic. I'm driving 40 minutes,
1: but I'm blissful all the time. I mean, I was tired. You look really crazy. Oh my- I love your chat, yeah. Thank you. Um, No, and I think, you know, it's something I like to be really honest with about people. It's not like I I don't have a perfect, amazing (laughs) sex life every time. It's not like I show up in the bedroom with my boyfriend of five years and be like, I am a woman. Watch me orgasm multiple times, infinitely. And, like, that's every sexual experience. Like, I get tired. We have bad sex like everyone else. But I do feel love for my body. That really doesn't change. I feel confident almost all the time, I feel like I have worth as a woman. And I feel a big thing about sex that we don't talk about enough is like, who are you showing up as? Like when you come to the bedroom, when you go to have sex, are you showing up Exactly as you keep mentioning, like, you know, to be insecure about your body or to worry about the relationship or all of that. Or do you show up being like, I'm here to experience the deepest bliss that's possible in this body because life is short. And what else would I rather be doing? And that shifts so much of the sexual experience. And what I would say is, even if I don't live in that state all the time, I am able to access it much more easily. So right. like that's if the I'd thing about tapping to. in.
0: There's no such thing as like a magic bullet here. Like there's not one thing that's going to work. Okay, so I'm dating right now. And like, you know, there's a lot of guys I'm explaining intimacy to and it's fine. And that's, you know, it's passing. But I, I feel like I'm actually getting better at seeking out the kind of guys who are more evolved and more conscious. So I had a date the other night. This guy was amazing. Way better than I expected because I just feel like I'm, meeting guys in places where i'm just becoming better and this is another thing doing this kind of work you can pick out right away who's evolved and and who's done their work so that's great so this guy early day he texted me said do i like italian which i like he asked he didn't just make a reservation somewhere and i said i love italian he said great i'll be at your place at 7 30 he knocked on my door and he was carrying a box from hello fresh at first i was terrified because i don't cook and he was like hey let's let's get cooking good looking no he didn't say that that'd be bad he just said hey let's get cooking and I was like okay great and I had some flashbacks in my head I'm like you know it was like it wasn't trauma responses but it was sort of like <laughs> cooking trauma responses of like I can't cook I've had lived in places for years and never knew the oven and I've had failed cooking attempts but I got excited because we shared an experience together and as you know couples who share experiences together play together they stay together we made crispy chicken milanese with yellow squash and lemony arugula and it came out awesome And it was hot to cook together. Like, I think when you do something together, we're cooking, we're getting into the cutting and the chopping. And I like this guy. I did. And here's the thing. Initially, at our first date, I was like, I didn't really get a full sense because it was more talking. But now that we were in the kitchen cooking together, it was like, it was hot. And we learned. And I I actually was vulnerable and told him, I got to be honest with you, I don't ever cook. So, HelloFresh is amazing, and I'm now like a huge fan of it because it wasn't even that hard. And even though I had to explain to him, I don't love it, it like made it easy. It's farm to boxed ingredients, they're super fresh, they have easy to follow instructions, and every week they create an entirely new menu with recipes you can cook in 30 minutes. I've tried some of these things before, and it's like an hour and a half just prepping. Like, I don't have time for that. I always try to eat healthy, and I love the fact that HelloFresh has two full-time dietitians reviewing every recipe to ensure that they're nutritionally balanced and everything is shipped to my door. It's recyclable packaging, which is amazing, all for less than $10 a meal. So I think you're cooking for yourself, for a date, for your family. You gotta give HelloFresh a try. Sex with Emily listeners can cut $30 off their first week. Go to HelloFresh.com, enter promo code SWE30. That's HelloFresh.com, SWE30. That was my experience. And I liked him. And I feel like because we had an experience in my house that was intimate, you know, the adrenaline you get from trying something new. Mm. It was fun. hella fresh. So I was at a party the other day. And like always, the conversation turned to sex. And like always, I brought up Joe Lubes. Someone asked about sensual massage, which got me going about Donna by Joe. Donna is Joe's collection of bath and body products like shave gel and bubble bath and, of course, massage oil. I love Donna products. Not only do they feel and smell amazing, they are all aphrodisiac infused, which makes everything super sensual. From linen spray to massage candles, you can build an entire evening or weekend around Donna experiences. So if you're looking for a great gift or you want to have a super sexy evening, then Donna is your new girlfriend. Click on the Donna banner on my site or search D-O-N-A in my store. So let's talk about um, some tools that women can use. And I know you teach your course. Totally. What is with the jade egg? Because I know that, for example, I want to hear about your course, but like the jade egg and doing your Kegels and having a strong pelvic floor is really important. I talk about that a lot. So let's talk about like, your jade egg course and how that gets started and kind
1: of the difference between the two. Definitely. So yes, the basis of why the jade is so effective to me is because you know what's been scientifically proven for a while now. The most effective way to enhance sexual experience and sensation is pelvic floor strength and sensate focus. And what happens for a lot of women is. People are like, hey, do your kegels and, you know, focus on the sensations. And women don't have a concentrated practice. Like, and everyone's like, oh, just do your kegels throughout the day. Like, yeah, do it at the traffic light. Yeah. This is my job. I never remember right. to do them at the traffic light. Like, it'd be like, oh, just carry a barbell around in your car and like pick it up whenever right. you want to. No, you got to go to the gym. Like, right. you got to have a class where it's structured, where you're really focused on doing the work that's going to make the transformation. So I think first and foremost, the Jade Egg is a tool that gives women a sense of. Of, okay, I get it. I've got a 15-minute practice. I've got a 30-minute practice and I know exactly what to do to build pelvic floor strength and senseate focus. So there's that aspect to it. But the other thing is is, you know, even just working on pelvic floor strength, it doesn't get to the deeper connection, the emotional connection. It doesn't say, you know, do you love your pussy? Like how do you feel about being a woman deep down inside? Like if you have fear or guilt or shame, how do you remove that? If you got an excessive amount of tension because you were raised to believe that it was dangerous to be sexual as a woman or because you experienced trauma, is there a focused way to release that? And so the jade Egg practice starts out as strength building and focus, and it goes so deep into how do you shift your emotional relationship to your body? How do you use breath to open up your entire sexual experience and take down that critic, take down that part of you that's worried about how you look and how the sex is going, how do you do that, you can learn to do that with the jade egg, it's so much deeper. I kind of say it's akin to instead of just doing stretching, going to yoga. There's a whole mind-body component to it that's so powerful. Right. Okay. So your jade egg course, I'm
0: going to do it. I know you sent me a jade egg. I had to put it on pause for a little bit. Like I created an app called Kegel Camp like five years ago because I was like, I don't remember to do my kegels. I'm gonna remember, and then even that goes off. And now I'm like, I wear the kegel ball sometimes, like the weights. And I'm like, oh yeah, now I remember that because it's like a cheat. And so I kind of feel like that's a great thing. That the it's like another tool than me just sitting there. Am I doing it right? And even though I made the course, I'm like. I needed something else. So I love that you help women get in touch. And there's like a, an exercise they can do every week. Totally. And, and I'm going to do exercises. it. And then we're going to talk. We'll have you back on once. I'm done with your course. But what are the tools to help women kind of move past the, what comes up for them? The energy that's released, the
1: memories, the trauma. Absolutely. So I train women in being able to do gentle healing and to gauge if they're going into overwhelm. So there are certain ways where you can healthily release trauma and pain inside your body. And there's times when you're actually starting to go into overwhelm and it becomes unhealthy. So I train women in that. Like if you start going into flashbacks and you can't be present in your body, then resource, then love yourself, then step out of it, then come back. Um, There's a lot of community around my courses. Women get Matched with support sisters, things like that, so there's someone to reach out to. They can email us if they need it. They're guided in that direction. But one of the big things that's really important to me around the jade egg is gentle sexual healing and empowered sexual healing. So I'll say if a woman's got huge trauma, she's never done any work on it. You know, see a, a trauma specialist along with doing this work. But so many women have either done that. Or they've got low-grade trauma. They've got low-grade pain. Exactly. The T with a small T trauma. Totally. And it's training them to start to recognize when they actually feel uncomfortable sensations, when they feel something that hasn't been integrated or released, to bring this loving quality of presence to it, to literally like scoop it up and hold it and love it and breathe through it and let their body shake or move or express itself and essentially uh, complete the stress And that will release the trauma. So there's a training around the JDIG of exactly how to feel empowered in your body to release these things that come up. Because I'm all about seeing, you know, experts and specialists when you really need it. But women don't have the time and money to do that all the time. How can you relate to your own body in a way that allows yourself to gently release and heal trauma over time? Right.
0: Yeah, I know. And and I feel like this stuff does, it does work. Even just putting the attention and focus on it for once and focusing on your body. Like what I was talking about women who have children, like they don't, we don't put ourselves first in any aspect of our life. So if you could just like 15 minutes a day, I'm going to, I'm going to have better sex or a half hour or whatever it is. But how about the people who are so pelvic floor specialists? I've had people come after and be like, you prescribe Kegels for things, or why would you tell them to do Kegels? They can be painful or the jade egg is going to be bad for you. It's like, First of all, we're trying to help people. Maybe it's not one size fits all. There could be other things. You should definitely see a doctor. But why do people just want to hate? I
1: mean, what could be, have you ever had anything come up where people were like, it was bad and it was horrible and right? No, no we've had thousands of women in our Jade Egg programs. Uh, we always have feedback forms and women overwhelmingly say how effective it is. The thing that makes me so angry. So there's a the female Viagra pill, right? Oh, okay. The female never going Viagra- to work. Every year. There's like a new one. Every yeah. five years. It almost doesn't work. There's no proven success rate. It causes like kidney bleeding and all sorts of other weird side effects, right? And no one ever says anything. It gets all this press, all this media, you know, ooh, the new female Viagra, it's gonna change women's lives. You give women a holistic practice that has never done any harm to a single woman in the 50 years it's been in circulation in the United States that empowers her to activate her sexuality in a way that she can do over and over again, basically for free. Right. And like, oh, it could kill you. It's yeah. a danger. And you know what? I have feedback forms. The success rate of women using the jade egg who do a minimum of three practices. I say, did you have a better orgasm? 91% yeah. say yes. Hi. Did you love yourself more? 95% say yes. Did you feel more connected to your body? It's like 96% say yes. If a pill did that, it would be a billion dollar industry. It would take over the world everyone would be praising it. It wouldn't matter if it made your kidneys bleed because it would come from a pharmaceutical company. But you put it up your vagina and it empowers you to actually make a difference in your own body. And people are like, watch out. Right? It's poor, something bad's gonna happen. It's like, I know, if it was men
0: who were not able to have orgasms, for example. Like, you know, like, there would be giving out jade eggs at Walgreens. Like, it would be, if, if, if it worked the same way, the, the male equivalent. Like, if it was a cock ring that was jade. I mean, seriously, it would be everywhere. Like, this wouldn't even be, we wouldn't even be a thing because it would be so solved years ago. Totally. But right now, and then they're like, well, we'll try to put it in this thing like Viagra and a pill, and it's just never going to work because female orgasm has nothing to do with, it's it's your brain and your body, and there's no pill that's going to, like, it's not like Viagra. we're going to get an erection like women don't need their clitoris to have like, this erection in this way the fact that, that men are the ones who are you know running the pharmaceutical companies and healthcare and all this stuff is it which is why we have to like like always women go underground and and there's a difference
1: between asking amazing questions can it be done in a healthier way can the industry evolve absolutely that makes so much sense you know having a well trained yoga teacher keeps you from being injured they have to be educated about what they're doing there's things you need to know about the pelvic floor when to you know do strength building exercises when to focus on relaxation but people are literally talking about it like it's this huge massive overwhelming danger rather than (laughs) saying look this is a fundamentally amazing life-changing practice and let's keep evolving it so that it helps women even more and more instead it's coming from this deep fear as it always does when we're talking about female sexuality well exactly
0: well since the big since the big you know how many thousands of years has uh, it been repressed yeah so I love all the work that we're doing to kind of that you're doing, especially with your JDAG and everything else, to bring it out. This is Layla Martin. I'm talking to, and her website, which is l a y l a martin Martin.com mm-hmm. dot com, and you can check out your courses and all that stuff. Just wanted to throw that out there, and this will also be on my website. Okay, so let's also, so that's Jade Egg, which is awesome, and I'm going to use it and talk about it. We'll have you back um, when I was able to. But it did travel with me, and I'm I'm going to, I I will do it. We'll talk about that. So let's talk more about also conscious sex. That's another thing I think that we talked about being so disconnected from our bodies, men and women, right? Because you also teach courses for men Mm -hmm. and couples and stuff. So, like, we're so disconnected. So how can we be, like, more conscious in the way of, like, Together as couples. How do you teach couples to be more conscious? Because I feel like there's sometimes women want to be more conscious, men want to be more, like, I'm glad I got conscious. I can't get my partner to be more conscious. Um, like why do you think that especially as Americans, we feel so uncomfortable just even with this term and working on deeper connections and sex, even just staring at eye you know, staring at each other's eyes.
1: Yeah. What's that about? I mean, it's such a mystery that people's deepest desire is to be met in profound intimacy, to have like a wild, epic, orgasmic, life changing sexual experience, deeply connected to someone that they love. Like, everyone hungers for that, and yet we're terrified of going there we're terrified of talking about it of experiencing it all of that so you know for me it's really important to empower people with the tools that let them slowly slowly move in that direction and then feel how good it feels it is terrifying to look into someone's eyes if you're not used to it and then the second you start doing it really doing it you're like how did I I not do it yeah exactly
0: that's what I understand everything that we're afraid of I'm being vulnerable you know you just I don't know, I do, again, I'm so glad there's more consciousness around us, but it's so around this, but it's so true. Like the things that we most fear is what's gonna give us the most strength in life and the most we're gonna grow the most from the things that we fear the most. And I can say that to you right now, and it might not, you know, be hitting, but it's like literally anything like your fear of public speaking, your fear of swimming, your fear—what do people fear of? Like, I think public speaking, death. What are the things you have fears of? Intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. Yeah, but let's okay. What's your definition of intimacy then? Because I literally have dated, and here's the problem: when you date men who are, this is not—I'm not saying they aren't very evolved men, but typically men who are very successful and they're—and they're, I love like smart guys. They're like. I don't think that intimate, literally I've had to explain it. Like, let's we'll look into each other's eyes. Like, what do you mean? And it can be for very, you can be very smart, but not understand intimacy. Yeah. connection. So how would you define it?
1: Intimacy to me is being able to have 50% of your experience internal and connected. What are the sensations I'm experiencing? What are the emotions I'm experiencing? So you have to be connected to yourself to have real intimacy and 50% connected to your partner in a deeper way. What are they feeling? What are they experiencing? How are they doing right now? When you have that sense of connectedness, it creates intimacy. And you can talk on top of it, but you talk about what's really going on. It's really a feeling state that we're not trained into. Right. But you can guide people into it where they're like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, I feel it. No, this does feel different. Like, And if I had sex this way, it would
0: feel different. Right. I remember the first time I did somatic, um, the somatic sex therapy training. The the first, actually, it was like ended up being like a six month thing that I did, but it was like the first day, and this is me who was like, I'm evolved, like did you know the meditation, all this stuff. But it was like the very first exercise in the first day was stare into this person's eyes that you don't know for like a minute. I was like, oh my god, I want to leave. I hate that, and I'm like more evolved. I feel like I am, but then you realize literally the next day it was like that was easy you know that Mm. is and it's just our biggest fears that's why i just have to say like if anything is scaring you right now like something that you got to like you know look at that thing and challenge yourself to go there so i want to talk about connecting with your vagina and listening to your vagina like i always think if my vagina could talk like what would it say like i've always made a joke about that i know you have a video about that i'm like oh my god like i what if we just started talking and telling in some ways i think that'd be kind of scary because it has like my vagina memory but then i thought what if sometimes my vagina could just be like, let me tell this person what I need in the bedroom, you know, what would they say? And I think that it's funny that you talk about like, I love your video you did about it, but what what do you think our vaginas are trying to say to us that we're not listening to?
1: They're very clear. So, you know, women who study with me are always like, I thought you were bad shit crazy when you were telling me that my vagina was gonna talk to me. And a lot of women say the same thing, like, wouldn't that be scary? And then they're like, oh my God, no, I get a clear yes. Like she says yes, she says no. She says, maybe some women's vaginas are like much more elaborate than that. But it's crazy. You get a sense. You can tell what she wants, what she doesn't want. And women are not listening to their vaginas enough. They're not listening when she's like, I need more time. I need to slow down. I actually don't want to have sex right now. Things like that. And over time, what that does is it numbs out the vagina. We don't listen to the signals anymore.
0: So here's the thing. I know it's like it's your vagina, but it's also intuition. Mm-hmm. Like the female intuition is something and you could connect to the source of our feminine energy, which I believe is a source of, of, of you could save everything or, you know, but it's intuition, I think, is how people think about it as well. And I feel like we always have the answers to what is right for us. And it's just it, that is a practice as well. Like Like you're saying, when you're with somebody. And we try to talk ourselves into it, like, I'm not really feeling sexually attracted to this person right now, but maybe it'll grow me, or this feels wrong, but we keep going. Like, we're not trained to trust ourselves at all. And so I feel like, and then we drink, and maybe we get drunk, and we make mistakes, because we're like, I had too many drinks, and I don't really know what I felt. So that's why I think that sex is such a sacred thing that we've just mucked up with medications and
1: drugs and not listening to all the answers like we know what's right for us totally and it sounds weird coming from women but when guys are like oh yeah my dick has a mind of its own no one second guesses that like they're very in tune with the fact that like their penis knows what it wants like it talks to them in its own way i think it's really important work that's why the work the work that you're teaching um is great i think that
0: women just if you do anything like you could even do it attack it onto the workouts you're already doing. Your yoga. Even when you're driving mean, driving or I don't know, watching T V, you could take five minutes and just start to connect for five minutes a day. Cause I feel like I'm the kind of person too that I hear things like this and I think I wanna do it and I overcommit under deliver. So I just think if you start with five, ten minutes of even saying like, I'm just gonna check in for a second how I'm feeling, it could change your life. You'll be having full body orgasms and um giving us a call okay layla will you help me with some emails from the listeners i love it okay if you have a question you want me to answer on the show that's amazing you can text me your question just text ask emily all one word to seven nine seven nine seven nine or submit a question via the ask emily tab on the sex with emily website and as always include your gender your age where you live and how you listen to the show Hey Emily, thanks so much for your fun, informative podcast. I'm 50 years old and I came out of an abusive relationship 16 years ago. A little while back, I confessed to a male friend that it had been 16 years since I've had sex and my ex was only interested in satisfying himself. When my friend heard 16 years, his response was, anytime you want to end the drought, I'm your man. Well, I took him up on his offer and even though the thought made me super nervous, Emily, the first time we had sex, we went for five and a half hours. We've hooked up two more times, but I still can't climax. Maybe it's a long dry period, the abuse and bad memories. I just don't know. I feel like something's wrong with me. I'm listening to your podcast, hoping to learn uh, more about why I can't have an orgasm. I can't really make myself have one while masturbating either. My friends with benefits is sort of frustrated because he thinks it's him, but I know it's not. Do you have any suggestions, things I can work on? Thank you so much for your help. Kimberly, 50 Seattle. Well, Kimberly, here's the thing. Um, God, There's so much here to unpack that you came out of an abusive relationship. And even if it was 16 years ago, if you have not done the work around the trauma and around the abuse, that orgasm is trapped in there and um, and it is your responsibility. So here's the thing. Um, we've been talking about trauma and I think that, that Lee will have some comments on this as well. Um, I appreciate that your male friend and your FWB is like wants to help you get there. And I love that he's concerned with it, but we are all responsible for our own orgasms. And as much as we talk about, you know, being with your partners and being connected, that's so important, but it really does start with you, Kimberly. And so, so it sounds like, you know, just masturbating and all that, it's just not going to happen because a lot of you is still in your head and probably still has a lot of trauma trapped. there. I mean, 16 years ago, you might think, oh, I'm done, but you're never done. I mean, you're not done unless you work it through. So what
1: would you suggest? Yeah, it's a really common thing I see with women who were in abusive partnerships emotionally, physically, sexually. It takes such a toll on your psyche and your body and it often goes unrecognized and unfortunately leads to what you're experiencing of a sense of like there's something wrong with me yeah. or I'm broken. Your body is so sensitive to what is safe and what isn't safe. It's one of the most primal things that's wired inside of you. So if you mix sex with this experience of being abused or being traumatized your body is going to be holding on to that and afraid to fully let go into an orgasmic state. To fully let go to falling firmly back in love again because we fall in love with the people we have really deep sex with. So of course your body's being like, I remember the last time we did this mm-hmm. and the road that went down. So like, no, I'm not going to open up fully. I'm not going to surrender. I'm not going to, to release fully. And so exactly what Emily's saying, deeper work, you know, some kind of somatic therapy, some kind of really going in there and finding that part of you that really got broken, not the core of you never gets broken. You can't be broken. But women who have been in abusive relationships know that it breaks a part of you. It doesn't break the most important part of you. Nothing can break that. But going in and and resuscitating, reinvigorating, bringing that part of you back to life because actually it takes a certain amount of personal strength to be able to orgasm in deep love. Also, just the last thing I'll say is if you... Attracted and were in an abusive relationship for a long period of time, it can be terrifying for your body to actually fall in love with and be orgasmic with someone who really loves you and treats you well. Isn't it talked about enough? If you have a core level wiring, um, maybe because of the way you were raised or early experiences, that says abuse is the way that I'm used to getting treated. It can actually take a period of time to really internalize I deserve to be loved, to be made love to to have orgasms with someone who treats me well and really really adores me and the last thing to do would be to explain this to your new partner so he's not making it about him because that's just going to pressure you and make it even harder it's great advice i mean
0: i think that is so common that we um that we yeah we are our partners they feel bad they they kind of orient themselves around our orgasms and that yeah Kimberly I just I just I really want her to like I think a somatic therapist and I think she's in Seattle there's a lot of great ones there I feel like that it's a great place to start with it and just to start I'm not saying you need to like break up with this guy he's not right but there are yeah there's a lot there a lot of certain types of people we're attracted to and it would all start with you going back to this trauma even though if it seems like this abuse something that you just don't want to get into again, like it's still there and it's probably still controlling a lot and of this. And after
1: 16 years, celebrate yourself for saying yes to this. That's hu- such a huge, massive step. Yeah, thank you for emailing Kimberly. Hi,
0: Emily, I've been listening to your show for about a year and I'm obsessed. I've been on three dates with a guy and I purposely moved slowly in the physical department. I think there's potential for something more and I'm enjoying the buildup. I've noticed that he's more gentle than I'm used to based on our makeup sessions and the way he grabs me when we're lying together. I'm worried he's going to be very gentle and will have boring, vanilla sex, whereas I love being thrown around aggressively and I love submissive sex. Is it too soon to write him off or how do I tell him I need to turn up the heat without offending him? Thanks, Emily and best. Liz, 24, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Liz, hello from my home state, Michigan. And I love this question because no, you should not write him off yet at all. He's probably nervous. He doesn't know. You haven't communicated what you want. Maybe you're both experimenting being together. Maybe you guys are both new at sex. Whatever it is, every time two will come together, it's a new, totally new situation. And so Our partners are not mind readers as much as we would like them to be. As I was raised to think that they were, I just thought that men just knew things. I just thought that they were taught all the secrets because I didn't have them. Somebody had them. It wasn't me. So um I understand that you don't want to offend them. Like we want like you still want, you know, him to feel good about your connection. So I feel like you just have to like tell him, you know, you have this connection already and just be honest and be like, I'm feeling such a great connection with you. Like let's slow things down a bit. Like let's just kind of like, I think I've had fantasies or I've thought of you. I think it'd be really hot like if you held my arms back. Because we expect men to be mind readers or our partners to be mind readers or women or whoever we're with and they're not, it can be really hard to have like the right language to our partners to explain what we want. But believe me, they're so open to it. If you do it in a way that's not assaulting them, you don't want to be like, last time I was going to end this, but I was afraid that you didn't like rip my clothes off and do these things. Like you definitely don't want to lead into these conversations in a negative way. It's more like, I had a great time. I enjoyed our connection. I liked having sex with you. And I just think it'd be really hot if um, you kind of like pull my, tied my arms back, you know, made out with me. Kind of took it. Let me show you what it would look like, and kind of just give him some instructions about you know what would, be, and then ask him like what would turn you on. You know, like have a conversation about it. I always recommend like not in the bedroom. I think like that could kind of be kind of trip people up if you're like in there and you're already started and turned on because we're in like an aroused state. Sometimes it's hard to take information and in. it's hard to be like wait. Let me go into my brain and think about what you're saying. So I would suggest when you guys are out maybe you're at dinner before your next day be like that was hot i've been thinking about that a lot and you know what my fantasy is like what turns you on and to start the dialogue have a conversation about it and i think to write people up, i think we often even for being bad kissers i hear that all the time should i just end it because he's a bad kisser no or she's a bad kisser, or this was bad or this was wrong. What we're telling you is like sex is not something that any of us are going to be, you know, masterful at and our partner's not
1: going to totally understand us. So it has yeah, to be and something. you, you know, you also don't know where he's coming from. Like if you've been wanting to take it slow, he could just be being polite and afraid that like if he starts being forceful and you're supposed to be taking it slow, like he's going to want to rip his pants off. And, you know, the other thing is is there's a lot of guys out there now who wanna be good men. They're like coming of age in feminist times with all this horrible porn everywhere. And they wanna be good and decent and soft because they think that that's right. the way to counteract it. And so many women want it hard and intense and you know whatever it is out of their male partners if they're with men, sometimes with women. And it's important to show them that. One of the things I find a lot with men is they tend to be more direct and experiential. So I would say that if you start making love, you can feel yourself drawing out that power in him, like encouraging this sort of animalistic primal dominance. It's possible. And if he gets a taste of that, then that can also make him really want to approach you that way. You don't know when until you really try and you really communicate, just like Emily's saying, whether you actually are a fundamental sexual mismatch or if he's just trying to treat you the way that he thinks you want to be treated. Yeah, I think that's, that's so true. I feel like
0: that men are raised right now like so confused by, by feminism, by like treating her well and like especially everything that's going on everywhere now it's like college campuses you know with our president with harvey wines i mean with consent and i think even more so than ever men are like you know the good men are like wait i I don't want to do anything wrong and this is going to be like a whole nother wave now i think of wait sometimes it's okay to be rough and it's okay and here's how and giving permission god it's so confusing i feel like these kind of things that we're teaching us to be like in school i mean start so young it's just it's just overwhelming because i think i think you're so right that this is i'm just thinking about all the more people that are going to be emailing about this because I think we're like living in such a time of fear, but then they're going to watch porn and they're seeing different things and then we're seeing our president.
1: It's very unclear how it, to be sexual in very 2017. Unclear.
0: but I think it would start with, yeah, connect, I think you're so right, Liz. Thank you for the um, question. I think that, um, don't throw him out yet, connect with him. I think what you were saying there too, the energy, like the more that, Liz, that you're present and in your body and you're knowing what you want to feel and you're connecting with him like through breath, and through looking in his eyes, and you are feeling this passion, like it will come. He'll be able to read that. But it's this, it's this connection of energy that's just kind of flow through your bodies once you start to be more connected with yourself as well.
1: And sometimes we overthink it, you know, like a hot, like give it to me. <laughs> is an amazing invitation, you know, and very direct and very clear. And one of the things I think that women really misunderstand about their partners and their male partners especially is that they have these fragile male egos. And exactly like Emily's saying, if you come at them and emasculate them from that kind of place, yes, they're fragile. But every man that I work with Wants to know. He's hungry to know. He wants to know how to turn you on. He wants to know how to be the best lover that you've ever had. And he absolutely cannot figure it out unless he gets clear instruction. Right. I
0: think that's such an interesting paradox that you're right that men, they do want to learn. Like, I've never met a guy who's like, no, tell me like every time. That's why I think men love listening to this show. They used to steal your Cosmo when they were younger. They're like, I want to know everything about sex, but yet. It's so personal for them because it just, you say one thing, it could like for a lifetime it will be offended. Like this one woman said that I came too quickly or that my penis was too big or too small and they never recover. Totally. I mean, nothing doesn't happen to women. So it's like we have to go gentle, slow, learn the tools that Layla's teaching that I'm teaching. Layla, this was awesome. I'm so glad you're on the show. Tell people how they can
1: find you and all your courses. I think that you're doing such amazing work and- You can stay connected to me on my website, leilamartin.com. So if you sign up there with your email address, I make a weekly video that has really specific practical tools that you can learn, start using that exact day. um, That really makes all of this very, very real in your life. And also my YouTube channel, which is Leila Martin as well. You can subscribe there to also stay in touch with all the videos.
0: Awesome. Thank you for being here, everyone. Check it out. That'll also be on our website as well. And yeah, I love you all. Remember, to you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you find podcasts. And thanks for leaving reviews and for telling your friends and for subscribing. I love you all. Thank you to my amazing team, Ken, Jamie, our intern Shannon and Jenny, producer Lark and Michael. I just love you all. Thanks for listening. Was it good for you? Email me feedback at sexwithemily.com. I went over to my best girlfriend's house to cheer her up after a recent breakup. Of course, I bought her a care package that I thought would do the trick. And not to brag, but I nailed it. I hadn't seen her that excited since prom. See, I'm pretty gifted at gifting pleasure, but the combination of the magic wand rechargeable and a pint of ice cream had her this close to forgetting about her heartache. She had no idea that the magic wand was now unleashed from its cord. She couldn't believe it had four intensity levels, four new vibration patterns, the same mind-blowing power as the original, and can easily be used in any room of the house. And hey, she can even throw it in her bag on her next date, when she's ready, of course. And get this, I haven't heard from her since, so I think the two of them will be very happy together. But let's be honest, who wouldn't? The Magic Wand Rechargeable is the sure thing. To get yours, just go to magicwandemily.com or click the banner on my website today.